Blog Talk Radio. We're live. We're live. Live from Chicago and Las Vegas. You're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's page one. It's page one. With LaVar and Mary. With LaVar and Mary. What's going on, Block Talk Radio Nation? You are tuned in to page one with LeVar and Mary for this Friday night, December the 2nd, 2022. So glad that you can join us. I will apologize here, uh, as I've done the last few weeks, if my voice does not seem the best. Um, I'll be honest with you, we're all a little bit of family. Uh, as you can tell, my voice has been a little bit not as it usually could be. Um, but that is because, uh, lo and behold, it is pneumonia. <clears throat> so if you hear me having to clear my throat, forgive me. That's the, I try to be professional about that. <laughs> but um, I am taking meds, and uh, hopefully by this time next week, uh, we'll be hopefully a little better. <laughs> Knock on wood. Um, but we will have our show tonight. Um, this is not AM radio where my voice sounds scratchly and um, bad. That's just how it is. But uh, we will get through it the best that we can. I am joined, as always, by my wonderful friend, Mary. How are you? I'm good. It's been a busy week, but now I'm more concerned about you, Mr. Gravelly Voice. You starting to pick up smoking? Yeah. You, you would have thought <laughs> I, I had. And uh, I don't, never smoke. And it is, um, you know, the second year in a row I have come down with this. Don't know how to avoid it. And it does not help that it is cold here. Um, So even being outside, it is not good (laughs) if you have pneumonia. And, uh, yeah, so I know usually I talk quite a bit. We'll get through most of the show. This will probably be a quick show, but we'll get through most of the show. Um, Got a lot to talk to you about. And then um, we will have the Almanac tonight. Um, Some announcements on a couple of upcoming shows coming up. And then we'll take a look at what's trending. Uh, I did not give Mary a homework assignment as I should have, but we had started to talk last week about TV themes. And I will tell you, that I went and did a top 10. But here's where the problem occurred. As I was doing the top 10, you could only guess what happened. You had like top 25 and couldn't get it narrowed down? Man, it probably was about 50 to 100. Um, (laughs) And it caused... I was trying to be nice. Here's the thing. I think that when you, at the end of the day, do a history on TV themes, you will probably have to break it into maybe groups of five of different genres. And even then, you'll probably have a long list. 
because there's so many different comedies over the years that had good TV theme songs. There's so many different good uh, dramas that had it, variety shows that had it, sporting shows that had it, game shows that have had it. And it is very hard to come down with a definitive list without leaving the best of the rest off the list. So my list kind of has a list of the ones in which they are the more well-known in which either use them in other ways or its impact is more widely known. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. It's not a definitive list, mm-hmm. so don't at me tonight. They don't say, you left this off, you left that off. I kind of have to go with what everybody knows. So that's what we'll do. Um, but, yes, you said long week. Uh, I kind of agree. Uh, you have some things going out there, uh, going on out there tonight in Vegas. Uh, USC mm-hmm. is playing Utah. Um so that's going on. Uh, this is a fully packed sports weekend in which the World Cup is still ongoing. Team USA plays tomorrow. Uh, a lot of conference, NCAA conference um, championship games, and I know that you will be watching with great interest tomorrow night somewhere, if not on your phone. <laughs> exactly. Oh, your beloved University of Michigan. Uh, I will be in a red dress. Just look for me on screen. <laughs> there you go. If you want me to call and give you updates throughout the evening, I can do that. <laughs> um, that's going on. Then there's an NFL Sunday in which we're getting into the heat of the season. So this is pretty much – this month is like prime month for a lot of stuff that's going on. Um Yeah. But you got quite a bit going on out that way. How's the weather out that way? Uh, it's chilly. I like it as sweatshirt weather for me. But, you know, around here, we've got parkas and snow boots. It'll be interesting. Um, but, yeah, it is It is on the colder side. It was really windy yesterday, um, which wreaked havoc with my nose. Uh, but yeah, the it, it should be warming up, which is a weird like it'll go back up a little bit, but then it'll drop back down again. You you talk about uh, the wind out that way. A mutual friend of ours was on his way back there. Flight diverted to Phoenix because the winds were so bad out there in Vegas that it was tough for planes to land. Um. So, yeah, if you were headed to Vegas yesterday, you know what happened. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, so, no, that is uh, quite interesting. Um, speaking of interesting, the most interesting thing that I read this week hap- actually involves a game. Um, the Rubik's Cube, perhaps you are familiar yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, a good piece of advice is to break it down into steps. Uh, it's worth a shot. That advice comes from the man who invented it. He says that problem solving is a very basic activity of the human mind, and if a problem is complex, 
you need to divide the problem into smaller elements, says Erno Rubik, who invented the cube in 1974. Bet you didn't know who person who invented it was. Uh, Rubik has seen his color matching uh, puzzle go from a classroom teaching tool in Cold War era Hungary to a worldwide phenomenon with over 450 million cubes sold and a mini empire of related toys. Uh, he said for him, the cube represents what freedom means. Freedom is never endless, he said. Uh, it lets you do what is necessary to achieve your goal. Now, the original 3x3 Rubik, Rubik's, do you know how many possible configurations that it has? Um, no, but I know it's an, like a six, I want to say it's six figures, but I could be wrong. Millions? It is, it is more. It is 43 quintillion possible configurations. But the principles behind the cube have been refashioned uh, for 2x2, 4x4, and 5x5 cubes, a board game called Rubik's Place, a pyramid, a tower, and a Christmas tree, among others. Uh, it even made the transition to electronic media with Rubik's Revolution and Rubik's Touch. Uh, Spin Master acquired the brand in 2021, and their latest brain teaser is called The Phantom, which takes the 3x3 original cube and adds a memory test. Uh, using uh, thermochromatic technology, the multicolored tiles revert to black unless the heat of the user's hand keeps them visible. So if that's not something that's going oh to... Oh, my God. Yeah, I can't solve not, the original. Right. <laughs> if that's not something that's going to drive you crazy, I don't know what would. <laughs> yeah, that would. Uh, speaking of those millions of Rubik's Cubes out there, I have currently in my position within hand's reach in varying sizes, too. Uh-huh. In varying sizes, the smallest one is 0.3, I think, inches. I'd have to I'd have to go and measure it. It's very, 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 very small. It's small enough to be a pair of earrings, and it I does have work. The, it, you can I, turn them around. Is that that world's smallest Rubik's cube? It's smaller than that. Really? Yes. So it's not huh. the world's smallest. So there you go, world's smallest. <laughs> They lied. Um, they lied. We'll actually talk about something like that later on in which there is an issue with someone who thought that the company lied about something and now they're suing him. Uh, but uh, the practice cube solvers, how how much does it take you to solve a Rubik's Cube once you have uh, messed it up, so to speak? Once it's mixed up, I'm going to tell you how long it takes me to solve it. I'm 45 years old for 46 years. <laughs> <laughs> so you say that you've never solved solve one. I've never really? solved one, unless you count breaking it apart and putting it back together so that it does work. So, or because I didn't want to peel the stickers. Yeah, the the practice cube solvers can compete the Rubik's cube in a matter of seconds. With the current world record holder solving a cube in 3.47 seconds, there are also records at the World Cube Association for fastest solving while wearing a blindfold or using one hand. Uh, took, That's insane. Took, yeah, and it took 36 years after the invention of the toy for anyone to come up with an answer for the minimum number of moves to solve it. In 2010, 
a group of mathematicians and computer programmers uh, prove that any Rubik's Cube can be solved in 20 moves. Yeah, no. I'm still looking at a Rubik's Cube that I, I mixed up in college, so... I, I I don't I can't I can't I have I am not that smart. <laughs> I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm so okay with of, it. So in 2014, a couple of quick notes: it, the toy landed in the National Toy Hall of Fame. The hall has noted that the cube has caused its own medical condition: cube's thumb or Rubik's wrist. The cube has also shown up in TV shows and movies. Uh, and Rubik recalled the early days when some people were convinced the cube was impossible to solve. He knew it could be done and was asked to prove it. He says he tried to explain and show people that it's possible. If something's possible for me, you can do it yourself. It's a very nice proof of the power of science. Um, so that was about the Rubik's Cube, if you did not know it. So I, I have one. Here's the scary thing. I have one, and I have the world's smallest one. I have kept them in their original um, packaging, packaging. Uh, uh, for fear that if I mess that up, I'm going to be like you and go 45 years or so <laughs> and never <laughs> solve it. So I'll keep it in pristine condition. <laughs> Somebody tried to tell me that they could teach me how to solve it, and I was like, <laughs> you freak. Good <laughs> right. on you. Yes. Bravo uh, for trying I, to try. Can you imagine somebody solving it in three point four seven seconds though? No. But I did see a magician do it. So maybe he's the guy that can solve it that fast. Like he had it all mixed up, put it in a bag, reached in and pulled it back out and it was already solved. I'm like that's crazy. It could be magic, too, but I don't know. It's magic. <laughs> that other one, though, I would not want to play with it, the one that has the amount of warmth of your hand. I would, yeah. <laughs> I would There's go some big point. ones. That's what you <laughs> said. What you but, said. I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there are ones that I'm like, I, don't, I can't solve the three by three. I would feel really dumb if I couldn't solve the two by two. But I probably can't. Uh, but going well, up yeah. from there, no, thank you. Yeah, no, I, I'm sorry. That's 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 asking too much of me, and my brain is already um, at capacity with a lot of other stuff. So, not gonna happen. Yeah, nope, we'll put it that way. Nope. <laughs> yep. But speaking of what's gonna happen, what's going to happen here is the almanac for tonight, and as we said, today is December second. Uh, we are fresh into the month of December. Uh, that leaves us with, uh, after tonight, four more shows. Uh, the 9th, the 16th, the 23rd, which is Festivus. Festivus! <laughs> which leads us to our annual Festivus show. So we're about three weeks away from that one. And then on the 30th, the last show for 2022. So only four left after tonight. That's insane. Um, Completely insane. But the we just hit 200. Of, what the heck? 
Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, that is, uh, I, I don't. I, it's this. This has gone so fast, but it's scary. Uh, National weeks of December. Uh, the uh, National Cookie Cutter Week is the first week of December. Uh, Older Driver Safety Awareness Week. Also, uh, Crohn's and Colitis Awareness Week is the week of December 1st through the 7th. Uh, Computer Science Education Week begins the second Monday of December. Uh, also, this month, the 12 days of Christmas. Do you know when the 12 days of Christmas begin? Trick question. The first. I thought it started on the first. No. Okay. I'm going to let you think about then that. Then my next guess other. would have been 12 days before Christmas so that the 12th day of Christmas fell on Christmas. And then my third guess would be it starts on Christmas and you get 12 days and you end up at it in January. <laughs> Those are good. my three guesses. Very good, because the song begins <laughs> on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. So it begins on December 25th, runs through January 5th. Um, and then the National Hand Washing Awareness Week is the first four weeks of December. But yeah, in Kwanzaa, which is December 26th, please wash your hands. January 1st. Yes, please, uh, this time of year. Um, uh, but yeah, so the 12, day, 12 days of Christmas in this instance. It celebrates the days after Christ's birth on December 25th. The 12th day lands um, according to the calendar on January 5th. And that's the date of the Magi or the three kings who were believed to arrive in Bethlehem. So yes, that 12 days of Christmas. But that's coming up this month in December. Also, December national months. It is international uh, Sharps Injury Prevention Awareness Month. It is Learn a Foreign Language Month. It is also uh, National Drunk and Drugged Driving 3D Prevention Month. Human Rights Month. Thai Month. It is Root Vegetables and Exotic Fruits Month this month. <laughs> it's also Safe Toys and Gifts Month. Uh, Universal Human Rights Month. Worldwide Food Service Safety Month. And day, as we said, December 2nd, I think we gave you a preview last week of what these days are. But if you want to celebrate it, today is National Fritters Day. It is National Mutt Day, Special Education Day, Faux Fur Friday, which is the first Friday in December, and National Bartender Day, which is the first Friday in December. So if you're out, thank your bartender. Uh, tomorrow. Don't forget to tip your bartenders and waitresses. Thank you. Yes. Uh, what is the traditional tip for a bartender and a waitress? I don't know. I know for a waitress, like if I was sitting down to eat, it's supposed to start at 20%, but that also depends on where you're at because in like outside of the U.S., tipping is not as prevalent. You bring up an interesting thing because you talked about tipping. Um I feel I've noticed it more and more lately of when you go to certain places and if you get your own food that the systems now ask you for a tip (laughs) 
This kind of happened yeah. last year when I was going to baseball games because while you're there, you know, because a lot of places now are cashless uh, on the system, it will have, you know, hey, uh, you're about this. How much would you like to tip? And I was like, tip? I went to grab whatever. Uh, <laughs> Do I, I get this all back. on my taxes? Right. I'm walking this back to my seat. <laughs> if I could have fixed it myself, I would have. And do you want me to tip? I don't want to seem like that type of guy, but unless I'm in a restaurant and somebody's bringing me something and is going to Great Lakes to service me while I'm there, not in that way, but to <laughs> um, But if you are providing, you know, a serving experience, uh-huh. Yes, a tip. But if you really were just doing your job and didn't do anything, should I feel compelled to tip? No. The only person that I tip that is not necessarily like a waitress or a bartender when I do food service, like if I get other than, okay, waitress, bartender, delivery person, I tip them. Because they're doing me a favor. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. If I'm going to go and make my own thing and pick it up on my own or put it in a bag on my own or put the toppings on it on my own, that kind of thing, I do not. I don't tip. I'm a horrible person. <laughs> At me. I don't even tip. The only exception to that rule is a barista. Because there is... If that, per, and I tip well for a barista for my coffee if they remember my order. So there's a place that I go, and I go there often enough that they are like, as soon as I walk in, they're like, we got you. Just come on over. And I don't even have to tell them what I want. I, I tip them because they remember me. So, and they make the coffee. So I guess they are still doing the whole, like, waitressing thing. They're like my chef. They're my coffee well, you, chef. Well, you were saying that, you know, I was thinking in my head, and I could, I could do this, and I know the lyrics that I want to use, but if anyone is working for Starbucks, I would like to remake the My Sharona into My Barista. <laughs> Give me the go-ahead, and I could probably come up with some good lyrics. I've got a few in my head, but I'm not going to say it because I know if I say it, it's going to wind up in a commercial, and I'm going to be real bad because I gave it away. So I've uh, I already exactly know you got to you got to <laughs> record that now <laughs> after the show uh, recording studio. Let's go. Right, uh, December third is National Roof Over Your Head Day, National Play Outside Day, which is the first Saturday of every month. It is also Sky Worn Recognition Day, which is the first Saturday in December. I know that you were asking right off the bat, LeVar, what the heck is that? I didn't know either, but we're going <laughs> to – it recognizes uh, – it acknowledges the contribution of public service volunteers who provide essential weather information as it's happening. Uh, each year on the first Saturday in December, the day honors those volunteers who pay attention when the winds pick up or the sky turns dark. Their efforts keep the community safer by communicating warnings to the National Weather Service. So that's who those people are. Uh, December 4th, National Cookie Day. 
It is National Dice Day. National Sock Day is also on December 4th. And then on December 5th, it is National Sasher Tort Day, uh, National Repeal Day. International Ninja Day is on December 5th. <laughs> and, yeah. and here's something. December 5th is Bathtub Party Day. Now, if you are inviting Ooh. people... Yeah. <laughs> if you're inviting people, that's your own thing. But uh, it encourages us all to skip the ordinary shower and linger in the tub and to add some suds to the tub and pamper yourself. Uh, for adults, the benefits of a quiet soak in the tub add up quickly, as it says. A steamy bath during cold and flu season helps to clear out sinuses and improve our oxygen intake. It also increases our circulation. Warm water reduces inflammation, easing aching joints and sore muscles. It also helps to relieve stress. Dropping temperatures outside mean cold hands and feet or just a chilled body in general. A soak in a warm tub warms us right up. And our skin loves to steam for the bath, but be sure to moisturize too. Add bath oil to your bath water to gain the most benefit from your bathtub party. So, yes, get a little bit of Mr. Bubble or Calgon, and there you go. <laughs> Take me away. Yes. They still do make Calgon, by the way. Uh, December 6th is Miner's Day. It's also National Gazpacho Day, National Microwave Oven Day, National Pawn Brokers Day, St. Nicholas Day, and World Trick Shot Day, the first Tuesday of December. December 7th brings us National Cotton Candy Day, National Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day, of course, December 7th, 1941, and National Illinois Day. Uh, and then December 8th, National Crossword Solvers Day, National Brownie Day, Pretend to be a Time Traveler Day is December 8th. Uh, so the, I'm Doctor Who now? Right. Uh, pretend to be a Time Traveler Day encourages to step from our TARDIS or flip open our Omni while wearing clothes from the past. At the same time, we should act appropriately confused by certain technology. Um, for example, the original Doctor Who, uh, well, at that time, I think it's, it's been a lot of seasons. Um, but <laughs> other shows. Been a lot of doctors. Talk, yeah, a lot of doctors. So a lot of shows that um, have to do that, along with Doctor Who, is, of course, Quantum Leap, Outlander, mm-hmm. Voyagers, oh. Time Tunnel, True Calling, Continuum, 112263, and Fringe. Among some movies that have to do with that is Groundhog Day, Back to the Future, The Terminator, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Midnight in Paris, Edge of Tomorrow, About Time, Peggy Sue Got Married. And, of course, with famous books, we all think of A Wrinkle in Time, The Time Machine, The Magic Treehouse Series, uh, A Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court, uh, The Restaurant mm-hmm. at the End of the Universe, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Asbacus, or was it Azkaban? I get that so wrong. Azkaban, the yeah. Time Traveler's, the Time Traveler's Wife. So, yeah. Pretend you don't know what your cell phone is in your pocket on that day. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Why is this ringing at me? Right. <laughs> now, if people don't know you, they may call the people to get the white jacket on you, but yes, you can do that on that day. <laughs> um, and then next Friday, it brings us uh, 
Weary Willy Day, National Salesperson Day, National Pastry Day, and Christmas Card Day. Uh, so those days are coming up soon. Um, but yes, that is a look at the Almanac uh, for the next week ahead. So, yeah. Um, we're at the halfway mark, just about. I want to remind you of not one, but two upcoming shows that are coming up. Uh, I told you earlier about our shows here with page one on Friday nights at this time. Sunday night, this upcoming Sunday night, brand new 401 Lounge. I'm joined by Subgirl 08031, uh, 9 o'clock Eastern time. And then two weeks from that date, Sunday night, December, um, that is going to be the 18th, uh, two weeks from then. Um, because the 11th, I will actually be doing a podcast uh, with some other fine folks who you heard here in the past. Uh, I'll be over on their channel. But then on the 18th back here, and then uh, I will have scheduled, and we hope that this goes through, <laughs> um, travel and uh, food uh, competitor Raina Hung will be here on the 18th. So uh, Raina will be here. Uh, we've chatted. Hopefully this goes through. I know she was scheduled earlier uh, the year, uh, but we are hoping that everything goes through, comes to pass on uh, Sunday night, December 18th. So, yeah. And that will probably be the last one of the year because I highly doubt that anybody will be doing anything Christmas night. So, <laughs> um, but stay tuned for a lot of other 401 lodges coming up in the new year. We got a lot of stuff we're working on. So thank you for being a part of us. Um, so what I'm going to do here, because we're at the halfway mark, I'm going to go ahead and do the retro moments of the week. Um, okay. The on the other side, we're going to talk about a little bit. We're going to talk a little sports tonight uh, because the NCAA had a pretty big announcement here a couple of days ago. Uh, and how it stands, no, if I kind of like it, it was a solution to an issue, kind of. But I don't think that that was what I was expecting. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then we're going to talk about uh, – <laughs> no, we'll, I'll save it. But that will be at least one story. So Retro Mode of Week, and then we'll return. First, you're listening to Page Well with LeVar Mary here on Blog Talk Radio. Holiday greetings from Budweiser. people who bring you Budweiser wish you and yours a happy and safe holiday season. Here's one for mom and daddy, one grandma came to bring, one from Uncle Charlie, and one from Burger King. It's the Burger King doll. This Christmas, your kids can have this colorful, cuddly Burger King doll free when you buy a book of 10 gift certificates for $5. Add an extra touch to Christmas with a gift from Burger King. We're a 
unwrapping one of the most fun and educational Christmas gifts you can give to a young boy or girl this Christmas. It's the Pottery Wheel by Ronco. The Pottery Wheel is motor-driven, and all you do is use your hands to form beautiful ceramic bases. The Pottery Wheel helps make all kinds of plant and flower pots and hundreds of beautiful decorative useful items. The Pottery Wheel by Ronco makes the perfect Christmas gift, and it's $9.98. Available at Walgreens, Woolworth, Wilco, Osco, and Goldblatt's. You're listening to Page One. Page One. With LeVar and Mary. Your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's LeVar and Mary. And welcome back to Page One with LeVar Mary on this Friday night, December 2nd, 2022. What didn't Rocco make? Rocco made so many different things. <laughs> Man. Gold glass is what got me. I was like, what? Where's that at? <laughs> yeah. I miss gold glass. Um, but we had a lot of good things in there. But the um, and then of course the Burger King doll. Actually, you have to see it to believe it. If you're online, look up uh, the Burger King Christmas commercial <laughs> from 1979. Um, you will actually see it. It kind of looks like the current day King, but it was just a uh, just a doll that they had. Um, David, I don't know what places do. Remember when places used to do like gift certificates? And like you said, Burger King, McDonald's. You had a little, like, $5 gift certificate thing, or you would get one around Halloween, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You don't do that too much anymore. But... Like McDonald's bucks. Right. Pretty cool. Yeah, they don't like do, said... do certificates anymore. It's all mm-hmm. gift cards. Yeah. So, yeah, electronic gift card. It kind of takes away from the, the whole thing of uh, Christmas and you know, to paper stuff, because you have to be more responsible if you ripped it or if it was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, the college football season is reaching its uh, climactic parts here this weekend and next. And then, of course, coming soon, you're going to get nonstop, like, three or four weeks of nothing but bowl games, some during an odd stretch of the day where you'll see one at, like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, on a Wednesday <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and wondering what the heck it is and who the heck is playing unless it's your favorite squad. Call something and, weird, yes. It's the uh, <laughs> kick your sister right. in the teeth bowl. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll probably start making fun of those in the next week or two. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where with college – the one um, thing that we have always kind of said or kind of complained about, I don't even really know. I don't even really want to say complained was always about the, um, sorry, I was, I was flipping through here. I just saw a story. Uh, yeah. About the rank. Oh, no, I was looking at a story here that was actually uh, breaking from E news about uh, Nick Cannon and no, it was not actually, um, um, 
It wasn't actually that he has another Maybe number 15? No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, that's all safe for next year. But, no, the uh, story here was that he has been hospitalized for pneumonia. So. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. This is. There's a lot of, you know, this time of year, and I will tell you all to be very careful because even though you you may not be sick uh, and you may not feel it or you may feel like small effects, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. I think I also read something earlier this evening about the governor of Indiana, uh, Eric Holcomb, who is hospitalized with pneumonia. So uh, a lot of this is going around, my friends, so be careful out there. But anyway, but you were right. The last remaining obstacle to expanding the college football playoff the 12 teams in the 2024-2025 seasons has been cleared as the Rose Bowl reached an agreement that officially paves the way for the college football playoff to expand in the final two seasons of the current contract. The executive director, Bill Hancock, said that they were delighted to be moving forward. And uh, when the board expanded the playoff beginning in 2026 and asked the CFP management committee to examine the feasibility of starting the new format earlier, the management committee went right to work more teams and more access mean more excitement for fans, alumni, students, and student-athletes. The first round of the playoff in 2024 will take place the week ending Saturday, December 21st, at either the home field of the highest-seeded team or at another site designated by the higher-seeded school. Number 12 at number 5, number 11 at number 6, number 10 at number 7, and number 9 at number 8. The specific game dates likely late in the week will be announced later. For the 2024 and 2025 seasons, the four quarterfinal games and two semifinal games will be played in bowls on a rotating basis. The 2024 quarterfinals will take place in the Fiesta Bowl, Peach Bowl, Rose Bowl, and Sugar Bowl, while the Cotton Bowl and Orange Bowl will host the semifinals. The 2025 quarterfinals will take place in the Cotton Bowl, Orange Bowl, Rose Bowl, and Sugar Bowl, while the Fiesta Bowl and Peach Bowl will host the semifinals. Specific dates will be announced at a later time. The national championship game will be played January 20th, 2025 in Atlanta, and in 2026 in Miami. Um, and in early September, the College Football Playoff Board of Badges voted to expand that to 12 teams in 2026. There's nearly $450 million at stake in the final two years of the current contract, and the path toward expanding in those two seasons have been fraught with complications. But the Rose Bowl was the main one that they needed on board. And now that that has happened, um, that is going to be a full go. But I sat and I thought about it. Um, they said that the announcement put it into the awkward and complex process to expand the playoff, which was epitomized uh, the fractured nonlinear structure of college sports. To reach the September expansion decision to 12 teams, it took significant momentum swings that included introducing a 12-team proposal back in 2021. No, if 12 kind of seems like a little bit much. (laughs) If you think about it now, there is a probability that a three-loss team who originally probably shouldn't even have really been playing in it could maybe even sneak its way through. Are you happy with the current process or one of maybe less than 12? Or are you happy with the 12? I would like to see the 12. Um, 
how many conferences are there now that I'm thinking about this? I've never actually counted all the conferences. Oh, uh, there are. I will have to look that up for you. <laughs> I was going to say there's okay, a lot. Okay, well, while you're looking that up, I'll, I'll talk. Um, as long as – here's the thing that I don't necessarily think is going to happen is that they're going to take a team from every conference. I think what's going to happen is they're going to just take the top 12 teams, which is fine, but looking at, like, just this year, if they just took the top 12 from this year, you've got a handful, a handful from the Big Ten. You've got, what, three from the SEC? They're, you're cutting out other smaller markets. Well, not smaller markets. Less high-tier teams. Um, if they're looking to make it be, quote-unquote, more equitable, then they have to do a champion from each of the divisions or each of the conferences if there are enough conferences. Does that make sense? To answer your question, the FBS consists – of course, of the largest schools in the NCAA. As of 2022, there are 10 conferences and 131 schools in the FBS. So there you go. We can have one from every conference and then the second place from the two biggest conferences. You know, SEC, they tend to have a lot of fans. And, and like, I'm a Big Ten gal, but um, some of the other ones would be, uh, like, the I, I guess Ivy League is a big one, too. I don't know. But mm-hmm. whatever. Um Moving those and like having those, having every single conference covered, I would be happy happy with twelve at that because you can't have ten. You have to have twelve. It's either eight or twelve. Um, so I would be happy with twelve in that case. Well, here is what like would have one happened. Two... I'm going to share this with you real quick before you give your answer. So ESPN. Uh, a couple of days ago, came out with the potential 12-team playoff if the format began this year. Um, You would have had your top four seeds with the bye, which would have been Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and USC. The ninth seed would have been Clemson playing number eight, Penn State. That winner would have gone on to play Georgia in a semifinal game. The number five seed, which would have been Ohio State, would play number 12, Tulane, with that winner taking on USC. The number three, uh, the number 11 seed, Utah, would be playing Alabama, and that winner would play TCU. And then Tennessee would be going against Kansas State. That winner would be taking on Michigan. And that doesn't cover all the conferences, because I heard three <laughs> Big Ten schools in there. <laughs> And yeah. four SEC schools? Yes. Because you've got to remember, it's going by the top 12 in the college poll system. So it's not going to go by. Right. And that's the part that sucks. I'm not saying, I, oh, this is part of the sucks. The BCS, like having uh, the college playoffs that they're doing this, CPF, C, whatever it is, um, having the playoff system, excellent idea. Makes it more like the NFL, kinds of gets gets the kids ready, puts them in that path, right? Makes them more like a farm team. Fine, I'm good with that. That doesn't bother me. You want to be 16 teams? That's a lot of that's a lot of games. But whatever, I'm down. The problem I have with every um, this is what I have with every single bowl game and every single playoff game that has ever come 
from the time I understood bowl games. I hate that people have a scoring system. The scoring system sucks. And I'm not saying this as like, oh, we're just going to go. It sucks all around. There were times when Alabama came up as number one, and they shouldn't have. Right now, I honestly think Michigan's had a better strength of schedule than Georgia, but yet Georgia's sitting at number one because of where they're from. And last year, because last year, you know, Michigan got their asses kicked. Excuse my language. But you can't base it on last year. You have to you have to look at the team and it's but then every conference is well, you can't do it because Mountain West, you know, that's a conference that's different than that's not a very strong conference compared to the A C C or the Pac Ten or whoever. And I get all that. They need to standardize it is what it needs to come down to. Like stop looking at the Oregon Ducks, and saying, you're part of that conference, it's not a strong conference, you automatically get, a, you automatically get knocked down 20, you know, 20 um, teams, so you're not going to be anywhere above 20 until you come out with an undefeated season. And even then, you're only going to be six because you're out west. That's BS. That's the part I don't like. Not necessarily the bowls, not necessarily the comp, like the championship playoffs. I don't like how they score stuff. That's why I said if they had like every single conference covered, every like your first place in your conference, you're in one of them. Then we'll take those ten plus two, and now we'll look at it. Okay, your kind of your schedule was kind of crap, and that schedule was not crap. Here you go, kind of thing. And then you can do it that way. Like I just yeah. So many. So many. There's a lot of there's a lot of different moving parts with this, and my fear is that if I am a TCU fan right now, as it currently stands, you know, it's only a four team, you know, college football playoff. Why in the heck would I want an even tougher road? When I know that all I got to do is win two, you kind of, you know, but you know who you're playing against. You know, now you're adding more teams into the mix. Now I got to play them. And now I got to play the, you know, and then I got to go to whoever. But I know in the beginning of the year, it's only four. And if somebody goes on a hot streak or, quote, gets it after a couple of losses, and I'm kind of, I think, God, I know where I'm headed with this, and don't at me. In Alabama, that lost two games. Well, I know that there are a lot of Alabama fans. Um, And right now you sit at number six. And for Ohio State, that sits at five. Now you're giving these teams who really – or were on the outside, you're giving them another chance. And if you give Nick Saban another chance, he's going to run the table with it. And that Alabama that probably shouldn't have been in there now gets there, it could run the table to winning a national title. And I think it favors those stronger teams because even if they have um, a couple of mistakes here and there, 
it lets them right back into it because you're not going to think about uh, – I'm going to say this for example. And uh, What if it were Purdue that should have been the team that should have been there by virtue of getting to their conference title game over, say, Tennessee? Michigan? That's who they're playing. Let's say yeah, yeah. Michigan's I'm, playing I'm not, this I'm game against Purdue. I'm not putting that out there. That's why I haven't said it. <laughs> but – you know, what if that happens? Or what if, you know, Alabama lost the SEC title game and people still have the hots for Alabama at, like, you know, if they only lost two games and say that SEC title game was the second loss? To me, if you lost that game, which was your conference title game, I don't think you should be sniffing any playoffs, especially on a two, three-loss season. You know, at that mm-hmm. point, do we now say to the LSU – who had a decent year, and Notre Dame, who had some portions of a decent year, do we let them back in it too? I mean, do we take but it to My comeback to that is, why is Alabama at six? Right. Are you telling me that there's not another team that has a better record than they do? <laughs> Apparently not That's as strong. lower in standings? There are. <laughs> and the reason they're lower is because they're in a – in a conference that's not as strong as the SEC. I put that all in air quotes. I'm not saying that they're not. I mean, I'm not saying they're wrong. The SEC has a great, like, they have a great legacy. Big Ten has a great legacy. I'm not saying they're wrong. What I'm saying is it's not equitable. Yeah, it's not. It is not. So it's, it's a tough road. Would you do H? Or would you? I would do eight for like the championship series. You would do eight. I would do eight. I think twelve lets somebody potentially that shouldn't even be back in there back in it, not deserving. Um, I would be happy with eight, and then the one seed is the home team. You know, um, you still play it at whatever bowls that you have. So here it is. I know at the end of the day it comes down to money, and. Mm-hmm. So now what kind of happens, and this now in my back of my mind, and as it's running as I'm talking about this, you now have these kids who are playing in a few more additional games. So you now have, say, instead of a 10 or 11 game season in Alabama that says, hey, look, we're only going to play 10 because we know that we have to potentially play another two or three more. Mm-hmm. So what happens with that, you know? And do we judge them based off of maybe uh, Tulane that might run the tables and play their ten or eleven or twelve, or play a couple of more, you know? So somewhere along the way, even though I know it is doing right by the teams that should be there, something's going to happen where you're going to get a Cincinnati story or a Tulane story or some conference USA team like a few years back when Northern, you know, had an awesome season. Should have been in. Yeah, they had an awesome team. Should have been in. And, and nobody wanted to let them into the party. Did they lose in their ball game? Yeah, they did. But still, it would have been nice to have let them in, you know? So if they, those conferences – It would have been a fun played, game to watch. Right. And if they played their 11 or 12 games, if somebody that's a Power 5 conference – steps back and say, hey, because we know that we could be a perennial in this, we're only going to play about 10. 
Is it fair? How do you judge that? The fact is that you're judging it. There shouldn't be a judgment. It should be these are how many teams, this is how many games you have to play. These are how many conference games you have to play. Because that is different. And then you have, and then the championship game. There you go. Almost, you are one, almost, you are two, you go to both. It almost reeks of the COVID year when Ohio State played about, what, six or seven games? Oh God! And yeah, and then didn't play Michigan. I was so mad about that year. <laughs> that was just that's a di- that's a different that was a different anger. That wasn't necessarily that they were bad. It was just they were bad. And it's like, what happens if we get to that point again? You know, so it's like in other teams who played their games, and you get somebody who decides that they only want to play six or seven. How do you judge that? There's no guidelines in place. I think it really should problem. be eight. Yeah, it's I think it should be eight. No more than that. Twelve, it's kind of like it lets as my as the uh, uh, as someone used to say, it lets the blue bloods back in, and <laughs> that I don't like. Uh, God bless. I bless think Rob we should. Soul. I think they should. Um... They should merge a couple and like re revamp the the conferences so they make sense. Make eight of them instead of ten, so that you know split the the country into in eight portions. It's fine. Four on the east coast, four or, you know four on this side, four on that side, and then each whoever finishes first in their conference goes into the pot and we we play the championship games that way. I think that would be fine, and it would right. be fair. It would be like again. I go back, not necessarily fair. Let's back that up. It would be equitable, but then it would also make teams do like the teams that are lower strength of schedule. They don't get the recruits that they normally do because they don't end up in those big games. Now they can. Hmm. It'll, it'll yeah. I think that would be better. That's yeah. just me though. I'm a girl. I'm a Michigan girl, so who knows? <laughs> Probably just speaking out my butt. <laughs> I am going to actually skip over one of the other stories I had tonight. Um, we'll go into a couple of quick stories here, but uh, an interesting other story this week was about McDonald's. Uh, for the holidays, McDonald's is giving away free meals for life. Well, sort of. Beginning December 5th, every order completed in the McDonald's app for at least $1 will enter customers into a contest to win a McGold card. I thought that this would have been about a long time ago. Three winners will get a special card that earns them free McDonald's for life. Plus, each winner will get three extra cards to give away for a total of 12 cards being won. By the way, if any of you win that and you want to give it to me, I will love you for life. The Go Kart has been around for years, <laughs> with some heavy hitters reportedly holding them, including Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, and actor Rob Lowe. In 2018, McDonald's issued a few Go Cards during a contest, but the winner was eligible to get only two free meals a week for 50 years. The rule applies to this year's promotion, too, which ends on December 25th. Um, they said that our fans have been fascinated by the lore of the Go Kart, if it really exists, and now we'll make this McDonald's pleasant a reality. Uh, for our fans by giving them the ultimate holiday gift 
a chance to win a card and share access to it with three of their family or friends. McDonald's is enticing people to enter with three weeks of food deals and merchandise, including Chicken McNugget stockings and, uh, and AM wrapper hoodie and egg McMuffin or cheeseburger prints. The deals, which vary by day, include a buy one, get one Big Mac sandwich, free six-piece McNuggets with a dollar purchase and 50-cent double cheeseburger. It's the third year that McDonald's has rolled out a December promotion with last year's promoted by Mariah Carey. Uh, the annual promotion uses existing uh, ingredients or menu items, uh, creating a buzz without adding much extra work for the employees. And uh, yay or nay to winning a potential McGold card. That's all the hype. I mean, I would love to. I would love to win one, but you know very well that it's not. It's not. It's not going to work the way that everybody thinks it does. So, yes. <laughs> Yes, sir. Uh, okay. I mean, that would be fun to win. Not saying, but it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of food, uh, there's been a lawsuit going on. Um, so here's what happened. And, of course, it starts off with a Florida woman. Uh, she is suing the Kraft Heinz Company for $5 million dollars claiming that they misled the public about the time that it takes to prepare its Velveeta microwavable mac and cheese cups. Court records show that a West Palm Beach-based law firm filed the lawsuit uh, in the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Florida on November 18th. Uh, the person that filed it is the main plaintiff for the class action suit, which alleges that Kraft Heinz violated federal law by saying Velveeta shells and cheese cups take three and a half minutes to prepare. Ready in three and a half minutes is printed on the box, which is the amount of time the product takes to cook in a microwave. However, the suit says it takes more time to complete the other required steps. This is how the lawsuit describes the cooking process. First, consumers must remove the lid and cheese sauce pouch. Next, they must add water to fill the line to the cup, stir. Third, microwave uncovered on high three and a half minutes do not drain. Finally, they would stir in the contents of the cheese sauce pouch. Defendant then notes that the cheese sauce will thicken upon standing. <laughs> Consumers seeing ready in three and a half minutes will believe it represents the total amount of time it takes to prepare the product the suit states, meaning from the moment it is unopened to the moment it is ready to consumption. The lawsuit claims that the uh, plaintiff bought the product for a, quote, premium price of ten ninety nine between October and November of 2022, among other times. However, it did not say how long it actually took them to prepare the mac and cheese. The suit described the plaintiff as someone who looks to, quote, bold statements of value when quickly selecting groceries. It is like, quote, many consumers who seek to stretch their money as far as possible when buying groceries. The plaintiffs are seeking at least five million in damages, including statutory and punitive exclusive of interest and cost. The Kraft Heinz Company responded to the lawsuit by saying, we are aware of this frivolous lawsuit and will strongly defend against the allegations and the complaints. Um, Good. I'm. This is one of the few times I'm on the side of the people getting sued. Are you really? Yeah, because I'm sorry. It, it, you're complaining about something that takes three and a half minutes in the microwave. It's no, it's freaking craft shells and cheese. It's not like you're making a gourmet meal here. I, I, I'm trying to figure out. They said 
that she paid ten ninety nine. I hope that wasn't per. I hope she overpaid. <laughs> yes, yes, she did. Yes, she did. That's what I'm saying. I'm like a lot of this is just very, 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 very frivolous. I, I just it. And what if she wants the five million for herself? Because if it's class action, then that's every single person that's ever bought microwave craft mac and cheese, right? Shells and yeah. cheese. Well, then I yeah. get some. Give me my two dollars. <laughs> I I because don't understand. Because I didn't read it. the box and went, oh, it has to be done in three and a half. Like what? What meal prep? Do you really think? It, like, was your time that valuable? That three and a half? That extra? 35 seconds that it takes you to open up a container and put water into it? Mm. <laughs> All right. I'm snappy tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. And this is where the good folks at Kraft can try to fight back on this. Because they could say, hey, if you prepped and had everything ready before actually doing it, and if you only did it for the bare minimum of two and a half minutes, it actually would be, in essence, probably three minutes. <laughs> Don't be so, giving them ideas now. Well, just saying. <laughs> uh, by the way, because we haven't had a chance to do it, what's trending online tonight, if you were wondering, you know, earlier I saw uh, Blazing Saddles trending. <laughs> oh! It is always a good day when that is able to trend. Uh, but uh, trending tonight is the Lakers. Uh, the reason being is that uh, the Milwaukee Bucks uh, played the uh, L.A. Lakers, and the Lakers handled this. Um, AD scoring 44 points. Broad James at 28, uh, and Russell Westbrook at 15. Um, so, yeah, um, the Lakers actually coming up with a win. Also trending, Jacob DeGrom, uh, who is signing a five-year, $185 million contract with the Texas Rangers. Uh, sources are telling Jeff Passan. So DeGrom is going to the Rangers in a surprise move tonight. Uh, and then... Uh, also trending, and I don't have an immediate update here, but the Pac-12 championship, um, a lot of people are talking about this hit that occurred on the Utah quarterback, and I'm looking at it right now, and he got leveled to the point of where the helmet went flying off. Uh, so if you have a chance to see it, and you're online, um, yeah, take a look. Uh, so that is going on. I don't have the latest numbers and updates, but uh, SmackDown also trending tonight. Uh, AEW Rampage is trending. And um, also trending tonight, and I don't know why, uh, but um, Dr. Pepper is trending. Um, I'm guessing that uh, a student won some tuition money from Dr. Pepper in the Pac-12 title game there. Um (laughs) <laughs> always interesting every year to see them throwing footballs into a uh, giant Dr. Pepper can. But, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, but those are some of the things that are trending tonight. And then uh, speaking of soda, uh, one of the final stories here, and one in which I was not familiar with, 
is that the good folks at Pepsi, uh, according to Pepsi, they launched a campaign on Thursday encouraging customers to try the combination of mixing milk into your soda. Yep. Uh, milk and cookies, as in Pepsi plus milk, to showcase uh, their Santa-friendly concoctions. Those who participate in the online challenge running through Christmas will have a chance to win cash. Combining Pepsi and milk has long been a secret hack among Pepsi fans, according to Todd Kaplan, Pepsi's chief marketing officer, in a statement about the campaign. Pepsi is now publicizing the mix as its spin on dirty soda, a popular TikTok trend that combines soda with syrup and cream. Companies like PepsiCo pay attention to what's happening on TikTok and often look for ways to get out on trends with the rise of dirty soda on TikTok throughout the country. They thought pilk and cookies would be a great way to unapologetically celebrate the holidays. So to make the campaign even more trendier, or trendier, Pepsi has tapped Lindsay Lohan, the star of Netflix Christmas movies Falling for Christmas, to promote the combination. Uh, Pepsi is recommending a number of recipes to those who want to go beyond just Pepsi and milk. Uh, a handful of those recipes include the Naughty and Ice, which is Pepsi with one cup of whole milk, one tablespoon of heavy cream, and one tablespoon of vanilla cream plus Pepsi. The cherry on top combines Pepsi Wild Cherry with half a cup percent milk, two tablespoons of heavy cream, and two tablespoons of caramel creamer, and the snow float is a Pepsi Zero Sugar and a half cup of oat milk with four tablespoons of caramel creamer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I swear, TikTok is... Downfall uh... <laughs> to our society, have yeah. Things? Have you heard of these things? No, but I also don't have TikTok because I have a brain. That's not true. I'm sorry to those who do have a brain and are still on TikTok, but come on. That's just, that's where Tide Pods came in. You know, like, that's the Tide Pod challenge all over again. It's so weird. Uh, Kraft Heinz also I don't like said, Pepsi. Yeah. I don't like you know Pepsi. What I, had? With, so it, I had a cherry yeah. Pepsi the other day for the first time in a very long time, and it was actually very good. Um, but they have a cream soda one out right now, and a black cherry. And I love it. Sorry. <laughs> well, I've never really it. liked Cherry. But, or I, I'm sorry. I've never really liked Pepsi or Coke. Like, it's not, a, it's, not, it's not a Pepsi thing. It's a cola thing. I don't really like cola. So, it ought to not be started in the ill category for me. Wow. By the way, I do, I do. You are a water drinker and a high C drinker, and yeah, you don't really drink the sodas. Don't drink the sodas. Yeah. Give me some orange, though. Mm-hmm. I'll drink some orange <laughs> soda. <laughs> uh, and by the way, just for a, um, just so we can help. Uh, I do know that most of you have not forgotten Bath and Body Works' annual Candle Day 2022, which is taking place today and tomorrow. Uh, during the event, all three wick candles will cost $9.95 instead of the retail value that ranges between $25 and $32. This year's price rolls back a $0.30 cent increase level during the 2021 sale. Um, 
Bath and Body Works Rewards members will get exclusive early access and the lowest three-wick candle prices of the year. Uh, I did not know how serious this was until I got up this morning and it was trending. And the reason why was because so many people had gone online. Uh, it was reminiscent of what happened and with Ticketmaster. filled their carts ready to go. Yeah, it was reminiscent of what happened with Ticketmaster and the Taylor Swift ticket process because people began having problems. <laughs> and uh, hopefully you have gotten the candles that you wanted. <laughs> but, yes, um, some people liked it. Oh, I don't do the candle thing. I, I I knew it was going on today, and there's candles. Like some people have scented candles on their wish list for Christmas gifts, but I'm like, yeah, no, you're you're lucky you get anything off your like I I not let's I say it so badly. When I buy gifts, I try to make sure that they're personable to the person. Like I personalize them to that person. I take time to think about the gift before I buy the gift. And what kind so, of reaction I want. Do I want them to smile? Do I want them to laugh? Do I want them to, you know, did they say something in passing that makes sense? That kind of thing. Uh, along some of the tweets that happened out there, was so one person said, why does Candle Day at Bath and Body Works have a better system than Ticketmaster? Another one said, <laughs> uh, another one said, I showed my husband a Bath and Body Works candle deal. And he says, quote, you, can have, you have a $200 limit, go nuts, I believe in you, and I might marry him again. <laughs> <laughs> another, one, uh, another one said um, uh, that uh, the trenches of the Bath and Body Works war, uh, when the Bath and Body Works app crashes and you're 10 minutes away from being able to buy candles, and it pushes you back to the beginning of the queue, and you get flashbacks of Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh um, no, that's so bad. And then uh a lot of people compared that throughout the day. Uh, one person had Bath and Body Works is trending and it's candle day weekend and I work both days. <laughs> um and then of course the one here which is uh <laughs> when it said being a leftist is a constant struggle between quote I hate capitalism and corporations so effing much and oh my god Bath and Body sees no sense <laughs> so yes a lot of people with their uh, take on this um, I don't I, I've never have ever um, I, I've never bought a three wick candle I wouldn't know uh I'm guessing this. I have a couple that I haven't even lit, so until I light those, I don't need any more. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Good luck to all of you. But the clock on the wall is telling us that we are pretty much out of time. Do you have any shout-outs tonight? No, but I do have a question. Mm-hmm. Top ten list. You oh. It. You know what? I did tease it. You know what? This blame the pneumonia. Uh, <laughs> well, okay, I'll go with that, we but gonna, I still want to know. This this is why this is important to have, you know, on the show because I go through so much and 
And then at that point, you know, uh, I was joined. I probably would have ended the show, looked over at the list, and be like, what the heck? Right. But I want to know. Like, so you want to know. And now I feel like there is a big, there will be a big letdown because I have a feeling that if I do this, um, that a lot of you are going to argue with me right off the bat. But um, I guess we'll do this. This is no particular order. So I'm going to tell you that now. I just wrote them down. No particular order. But my top ten TV themes, um, starting at number ten. So at number 10, I put the Tonight Show theme during Johnny Carson's era. Because for many years, and for close to 30 years, when you heard that, one, you knew it was probably time for the kids to go to bed, and then it was time to hear Johnny's monologue. And when you hear it now, a lot of people, that is what they think of, is the Tonight Show era during that time. So I have that one on the list at 10. Number nine. This one goes a little bit way back. And when you think of early TV, especially in the 50s and in the 60s, most of those shows were either dramas or some comedies or variety. But one Western, which has stood its theme song for the test of time, is a classic tune from Frankie Lane. It's the theme from Rawhide. If you think about it, with the wit. <laughs> yes. Uh, Move Man, Roll Em Up, Rawhide, which is also uh, famously sung by the Blues Brothers in their movie. <laughs> and then that leads us to number eight. At number eight, the theme from Sesame Street. Everyone in the last 40 years that has grown up and has watched TV as a kid can tell you that when that theme played, that it was time for Sesame Street. While it is still on, not a lot of kids really get a chance to watch it because it's over on HBO or HBO Max or wherever they play it. But for years, you knew when you were plopped down by the TV, your parents had you watching Sesame Street. Um, So while that's well known for a lot of kids, one that was known for a lot of adults and really became a cult classic would be number seven. So number seven, that leads me to just saying the first few words of the theme and you automatically know what the theme song is. If I told you that I thank you for being a friend, you would start singing the theme song to the Golden Girls. And everyone who has watched that episode or who knows of it knows that theme song. (laughs) Now, while you may know that one, um, number seven or number six was one that I did not think about until today. But I'm going to say it, and then you tell me, but at number six, if I said da-da-da, da-da-da, you know that that is Sports Center. For mm-hmm. over forty years, I was, I, the we, first thing that came to my head was ESPN. Yep, ESPN Sports Center. So you know that when you heard that, 
you were about to watch SportsCenter. And if you watched it in the 90s, early 2000s, then you knew what you were watching. And more than 20,000, 30,000 episodes later, that theme brings to mind SportsCenter. Speaking of themes, I kind of went outside the box for a popular performance artist in an 80s TV show for number five. At number five, if we were to probably go outside of the realm and go country, what country performer probably had the most well-known television hit? I would bring it to number five with the Dukes of Hazard from Waylon Jennings, who made it to a hit song. If you heard Just the Good Old Boys, you already know that song, and you can already think of the General Lee and Bo and Daisy, and you can see the seeds in your head from the opening theme song of the Dukes of Hazard. Um, I will tell you it hurt me because it was going to be between that and the A-Team, which is an honorable mention. Now, if you know the A-Team didn't make it, and there's four still ahead, there's got to be some that are, like, universally known. One was from the 90s, which brings us to number four. At number four, the theme song from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. If there is anyone that has grown up in the 90s, all of you at some point have heard it. And I knew then that it had to have been a bigger one when Will Smith himself was on Graham Norton's show over in the U.K., and when he started to sing it, the audience gleefully started singing along, which goes to show that a little hit that started way back in the early 90s on NBC had reached worldwide acclaim. And it's probably the newest theme uh, for the last few years that have made the top 10 hit, which leads me to number three. Now, here in the States, um, once again, I kind of had to go back into sports because if there is anything that anyone will know is that on Monday nights when you heard the Monday night football theme song, you knew it was time for football. It is probably outside of ESPN Sports Center, one of the most well-known theme songs for a sports show besides maybe the Olympic theme song which was used for many years on NBC. But that now brings us to two more to go. And at number two is, I will tell you because there were many comedies that probably had well-known themes. Out of the one that I had to choose, out of the many, was the theme from the Jeffersons. Moving on up. What happens when you get a little bit of money? First thing you see, moving on up. To the <laughs> east side, dude. Yes, to the east side. So to that deluxe apartment in the sky, the most catchiest tune probably ever for a comedy show, which then it led me to number one. Now, for over 50 years, if you were at home during the summer, if you were sick and you stayed home, one of the TV shows that you probably had a chance to see that day 
was a game show and one that just celebrated 50 years of being on the air. And that would be The Price is Right. The theme song for The Price is Right is one of the top probably theme songs that you will remember uh, on television, especially in the last 50 years. So those are my top 10. Now, I've got to tell you, there were a lot of honorable mentions. I had to leave out Yeah, there are a lot of honorable mentions. I can think of yeah. like 10 right now. Yes, I had to leave off Dragnet. I had to leave off Little House of the Prairie. I had to leave off uh, the Spider-Man cartoon, Cheers, The Odd Couple, uh, Love is All Around from Mary Tyler Moore, the Brady Bunch theme song, Speed Racer. I had to leave off The Muppet Show. I had to leave off All of the Family, Sanford and Son. I had to leave off MacGyver. I had to leave off Mr. Belvedere, Moonlighting, Biddy Hill, Yakety Sacks, Good Times, Love Boat, Three's Company, A-Team. I had to leave off Feel Even More So, which made this hard to do. I don't know if we will do a version 2.0 list. I don't know if we will break Heck it no. down. Heck no. No. I'm going to go with no. If you do a top 10, what's going to happen is I'm going to say, okay, we'll do a top 10, but your 10 can't be the same as my 10. And that way we can get 20 out of it. Because that's, that's the only way I would really do it. Because there are so many. There's so many good theme songs. Could you think of more that I didn't even say? Yes, mostly cartoons. Animaniacs <laughs> was the first one that came up to my mind. I was just like, come on, we're the Animaniacs. The, Sim- the Simpsons, um, Family Guy? <laughs> yep, like a lot of animated stuff. Um, if you're into anime, Attack on Titan, the first season, is huge. Um, but that's if you're into anime. That's not like a universal one. But yeah, yes, I thought of other ones. Doctor Who? Those, I, left, big I left off Doctor Who. Doctor Who, is that really considered? Well, I guess there is some music in it. Most of it's just that weird. <laughs> but you knew when you heard that, you were about to watch Doctor Who. It's, like, it's worldwide yeah. known, you know? So, well, I mean, Kiddo said it today. When, when Kiddo came up there today, I had, like, you know, some TV show on the background. He goes, I didn't even have to walk into the room to look at the TV. I knew it was blank. And that's what I was thinking. Like every time, every time you don't have to, you don't even have to see the TV. You hear it when you walk into the room and you knew it. Wheel of Fortune. Yep. Family Feud. Family Feud. Like, <laughs> Match game. I'm sorry. General Hospital. Yeah. And One Life to Live. Those Two notes like we probably did if we were going to be like. Maybe that <laughs> These were alive. Voice of McDonald Carrier. It's, it's insane how many. How, it's insane how many good TV shows you don't necessarily. Law and Order. Mm-hmm. It's just two things. It's two things. I mentioned that one. I remember reverb. I said drag that too. Everybody thinks the dragon. Yeah. You know that's what you do. Alfred Hitchcock. You know, as soon as he steps into the shadow, you. you you knew these things. We could go on for an hour on a one show discussing television theme songs. And like I said, if we broke it down by genre, we could do a good hour, hour and a half show at least. Yeah. I wouldn't do a top ten of all time of all genres like you tried to tackle. 
for theme songs for TV. No, 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 I can't. I I can't narrow it down. I can't. I thought kids shows and cartoons. I thought Gabe shows. I thought other ones. I was like, to leave it all off the list, I would actually honestly say that this is perhaps, other lists were easy. This is perhaps probably the hardest list to ever compile if you had to break it down to just 10. It's impossible. Because for my 10, I guarantee some people will probably be thinking of one or two off that list. And not even that. Did you say Knight Rider? uh, I I had it on my list, the short list. uh, But I didn't go with it for being as iconic. Because for every Knight Rider, then I'm thinking, you know, either Baywatch or, you know, then I could start thinking, you know, um, if you're going back to, like, you know, I Love Lucy or, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, Beverly Hillbillies. You know, Adam's Family, The Monsters, you know, it's like there's just so many theme songs that are, uh, that I didn't even get. Green Acres, <laughs> you know, or that, as soon as that first few keys come up, you know what show that is, you know. Uh, even now, my Green mom. Green Acres is yeah. the place to be. Just like my mom jokes with me because I watch sometimes MASH. And as soon as you hear the first few uh, bits yep. of the theme song, you know what it is, you know? So, and then if you even broke it down to probably like by the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s, there's so many ways that you could go with that list. So, but hopefully it gets your debate, the talking, uh, and hopefully uh, you have your own favorites. Like I said, Mr. Belvedere is one of my favorites. Blossom is one of my favorites. Uh, Dr. John singing that theme song, you know, my opinionation, you know, or like um, the ones with the message that actually sit there, actually always loved One Day at a Time. Love that thing. <laughs> this is it. This is life. The one you get to go and have a ball. <laughs> so while you're here, enjoy I, I the view. I mean, there's a, there's a yeah. million TV, not, not a million. Okay, yeah. I'm exaggerating. But there are a lot of TV shows that have very, very, very specific, like, theme songs that go with their show. And mm-hmm. it's like, again, it's, I've, I think about it as I put it in the framework of, I don't even have to look at the TV. I know what show you're watching. Yep. That's the thing. Like, I, I know, and I'm going, like, modern, Castle, Bones, NCIS. Mm-hmm. Uh, CSI, CSI Miami, you know, like, yeah, ER, oh, God, ER, um, Grey's Anatomy, like, there's so many, so many, so many. Yep. So, borrowing from uh, that theme of one day at a time, yes, while you're here, enjoy the view, keep on doing what you do. Muddle tight, <laughs> through one day at a time. Glad That's all we can do. So yes, um, yeah, no, yeah, it, it, it gets you back to thinking, and I think for a lot of us, it's nostalgia. But it is definitely a lost art because there's not a lot, you know. Even now in current days, the Soprano theme song or Sex in the City or Six Feet Under or you know, it's like when you hear these themes, you know what it is. 
you know, and you know it takes you to a place in time. And that's the power of, I think, TV themes that get a highly underrated sense. Because, like I said, if you play The Price is Right, first thing people tell you, oh, man, I used to sit there when I was sick, have my uh, uh, Campbell's chicken noodle soup, some crackers, seven up, and watch The Price is Right. <laughs> that is that a sick day. That is 100% an 80s kid sick day. Price yeah. is Right. <laughs> Salty crackers. <laughs> Kool-Aid. Yep. yep. That was it, man. That's, 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 once again, theme songs take you back to a memory. And that's why I love them so much. I tell people I am a theme show fanatic, uh, especially with game shows. My favorite ones, game shows, Price is Right, uh, Match Game, the original Hollywood Squares one, which was awesome. Um, and then I love Tic-Tac-Toe, uh, which was um, it 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 had some funky music, which was pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, those were some of my favorites. But yeah, um, the weirdest one. Uh, there's also a weird list. I always tell people the '80s, <laughs> probably the most funniest one that probably said it was a theme show, a uh, theme song, and because of the mastery that it was. If you remember Gary Shandling's show when it was on Fox, go back and listen to the theme song from the show. It's not that really I don't a, remember, but we didn't get Fox was, where I was because we didn't have cable. It, it, so, it you know, we only got Fox on very windy days. Not windy days. When the, blend, when the wind blew to the north. Yes. Um, but go back and listen to the theme song and you'll have a laugh because for somebody like Gary Shandling to have that as his theme song, it made perfect sense. Either debate, too, whether it was a theme song or it wasn't a theme song. It was a song, but it talked about it being a theme song. But go back and listen to it, and then you tell us. But uh, I'll play it for Mary here after the show tonight. But anyway, uh, any shout-outs um, tonight? Grandpa has a birthday coming up next week. So totally huh. excited about that. Um, happy birthday, Grandpa Rocco. Um, other than that, no, I really don't. Surprisingly, I've got a party tomorrow, party, party tomorrow with the HDEA. <laughs> hey, you came. You saw that party. It went. I know. I know. Tell everybody I said what's up. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're expecting you to be there, so they're kind of disappointed that you didn't you know, make the travel plans come out for the one night again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, you know I would have done that. I would have done that. If it were possible, it's one night of a lot of fun. So I, for that type of things, I would do it. Now, if I was just coming out mm-hmm. there and just like sitting and staring at paint dry, yeah, that's not going to probably be the most fun thing to go on a flight for. <laughs> but that is one thing to be right? to go on a flight for. I mean, the people, the food, yeah, but the this entertainment. Year it was, it's just a weird year. It was very early this year. It should have been next yeah. weekend. Yeah. So. No, I would have definitely been there for that. So, but I probably mm-hmm. could have probably still pulled it off if uh, some things didn't happen. But uh, unfortunately, I'm grounded here, <laughs> and hopefully by next week there will be some betterness to this uh, and what's going on. But um, yeah, so shout out to everybody that's having a birthday, um, and I appreciate all of you. But yeah, I will see you all Sunday night. 
401 Lounge, Subgirl 0831 joins me, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central. And like I said, two weeks from that Sunday night, Raina Hong will be with me on December um, December uh, the 18th. And uh, that same time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central. And of course, every Friday night, we're here with you for page one, 10 o'clock in the East, 9 o'clock Central. Three weeks from tonight, which is, I believe, is the 23rd, uh, the eve before Christmas Eve, <laughs> uh, before Christmas, uh, Festivus show. Um, so I'm excited about that because uh, now that means time to start getting our our, our list together because <laughs> it's that time. You'd think we would be ready. Time to air the grievances. Time to air the grievances. So I'm pretty sure everybody has some. And uh, <laughs> hopefully, I'm so glad we started of, this tradition. I love it. I I do too. I love it. Now, we, if we could just figure out the other things, and maybe take that over to uh, Twitch or to Discord, um, and have like uh, with our friends over there, you know, like a uh, pizza stick or like a dinner or something like that. We can work it out. <laughs> it can be done. I think. For a lot of our friends overseas, they would probably be confused as to what the heck we were doing. But uh, <laughs> yep, 100%. It'll be fun as all get out. We can, yes. <laughs> but that's coming up, so be on the lookout for that. But until next we meet, for Mary, I am LeVar. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. I think my voice has gone as far as it could go tonight. <laughs> um, I tried. I'll try to do better the next time. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you then. Have a great week, everybody. And please, during this time of year, one of the most careful things that you can do is a lot of holiday things going on, but carry your patience, carry your common sense, and look out for each other. Uh, We want this to be a joyous holiday, not a tragic holiday. So, Um, Take care of yourselves and each other, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to Page One. Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at NewsCometBTR and add us as a podcast on Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and other platforms where we can be found. 